to a brand new week of Mountain Bike Talk SA. My name is Brad Brown. I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me once again for this weekly podcast focused on the South African mountain biking scene. Thank you to everyone who tweeted and Facebooked and sent us emails after last week's episode uh, with Sluby and Boya. If you haven't heard the episode yet, go check it out. Very, very inspiring. Uh, yeah, a fantastic interview with uh, the actress who's taken to mountain biking like a duck to water. She's riding the Absa Cape Epic next year, and we wish her all the best. And speaking of the Absa Cape Epic, big announcement this week that the women's prize money has been increased. It'll now equal the men's. Uh, and I caught up with Ariane Kleinans this week to chat a little bit about that uh, and how she feels about that prize money. And the interesting thing is she's not racing in the mixed uh, with her husband, Andre, next year. She's racing in the ladies, so she's quite chuffed that there is an uh, increased purse for the 2014 edition. We also chatted a little bit about how she got into mountain biking, uh, how she switched across from triathlon to the sport, uh, and how she ended up in South Africa and marrying uh, a South African. And uh, she's calling Stellenbosch home now after three years. So uh, it's fantastic, awesome chat with Ariane. And then also touch base with our resident physiotherapist, Richard Fairher, uh, to chat a little bit about numbness. It's one of those topics that people don't really talk about because often you get numb in places you don't really want to discuss with your mates. Uh, and I chatted to Richard about it. So yeah, fascinating chat. What causes it? How to stop it? Uh, and how to avoid it? So that's all coming up on this week's Mountain Bike Talk SA. As always, if you want to be in touch here on Mountain Bike Talk SA, you can tweet us at MTB Talk SA. You can pop us an email, podcast at mtbtalksa.coza, or like us on Facebook. And if you wouldn't mind, if you listen to this podcast through the iTunes platform, please just take a couple of seconds and leave us a star rating or a review, and a review preferably, uh, because what that does is it just helps us spread the word about this podcast. And the cool news is, as it stands right now, uh, Mountain Bike Talk SA is one of the top sports podcasts in the iTunes store in South Africa right now. So thank you for that. And the only way we get there is by those star ratings and reviews. So keep them coming. It is much appreciated. Let's get straight into this week's show and we kick things off with Ariane. Well, one of the big announcements this week uh, coming out of the Absa Cape Epic was the increased prize money for the ladies. Uh, and the great news is uh, that they have matched the men's purse. So uh, for the first time ever, uh, it is the world record for the highest ladies' purse, and it uh, is 690,000 rand, which is fantastic, and it's great to have on the show this week. Ariane Kleinans uh, in Stellenbosch. Ariane, thank you so much for, for joining us today. It's great to chat. Thank you very much for having me. Hello. Ariane, this is quite interesting. I mean, you, you, you're racing in the ladies next year. You haven't raced uh, ladies at Absa Cape Epic. Uh, you, you've been racing as a, as a mixed pair with your husband, Eric. What's, what's brought the change? I mean, you, you made that decision before this prize money purse was, was announced. What's made the, des, uh, the decision to, to swap from mixed to, to ladies? Yeah, Eric and I spoke about it after the last epic that we actually should take on a new challenge, especially him um, going to the men's will definitely um, yeah, make him more, to, to improve him more and really push his, his level. And I think, yeah, we both just need to take on a new challenge. Um, we have been racing in the mix for three years and we quite know how, very well how to race that category. And now I think it's just time to take on a new challenge for us. Uh, you, talk, you talk about racing in the mix for a few years. I mean, you guys have been pretty dominant as well. I mean, you've, you've won, you've won a, a couple of, of those epic titles. Uh, you've won other big stage races as well as a, as a pair. 
but it's now sort of uh, he's going to be doing his own thing. You're going to be doing your own thing, and it's it's quite nice now. This this prize purse with the epic, it's 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 a great incentive for for you racing in the ladies. Yes, definitely. I mean, yeah, I didn't know about it when I made this decision, but I mean, sure, it's it's magnificent. It's really a, a great news, and I think. Uh, in, in general, a huge step towards equality in a sport that has been ruled by the men so far. And I think, yeah, I hope that really other ladies also see that that um, in that regard and come to do the race from Europe, that the quality of the field is going to be um, big improved. I mean, it's, quite, it's, it's quite interesting because... If you look at, at, at other sports where, where prize purses weren't equal and, and a lot, and, and I'm thinking of tennis as, as an example, where over the years there's been a lot of talk that women's tennis, that the prize purses need to be the same as the men, but the women's tennis only playing three sets as opposed to the men's five. Whereas a race like the Absa Cape Epic, the ladies cover exactly the same course that the men do. You put in exactly the same amount of work. It's only fair that you get paid the same amount of money if you win the race. Yeah, I mean, I'm realistic and see that uh, the ladies don't have the same depth as the men. Um, I mean, there is surely a difference, but I think the top ladies really, really take that sport very seriously. Um, the top ladies are very professional in what, what they do. And I think, yeah, it just shows me that um, organizers and sponsors show respect towards us uh, for the effort we put in. And I think that, that itself means a lot to me. And then, Ariad, tell me a little bit about how you sort of where you started in the sport of mountain biking. You're not originally from South Africa. You're from Switzerland. You've you've been living here for a few years now. You met your husband uh, Eric, and you now live in Stellenbosch. But tell me where it all began for you. <laughs> yeah, I I was a swimmer for quite a while. Uh, about eight years, I was a swimmer, and then I switched over to do a bit of triathlon. So I bought myself uh, a road bike, and then. I always wanted to do a specific uh, off-road triathlon in Switzerland. So I had to start learning mountain biking and that's where I bought myself a mountain bike and started training. And yeah, then in 2009 I um, did my first race. After that I got a bit of a sponsorship then and got a really, really nice mountain bike and that's where it all started. I really enjoyed it so much that I I uh, just wanted to do mountain bike races more and more and uh, after I came to South Africa to do a stage race here in this beautiful country, I um, yeah, never looked back and only uh, did mountain biking from there on. So, so not only did you fall in love with mountain biking, but you fell in love with, with Eric and, and you've stayed? <laughs> yes, I mean, um, I came to South Africa to do a stage race here in 2010 and on the third day I met Eric in the race and yeah it was kind of love in first sight and we decided to spend our lives together and from there on um, I had the opportunity to be a professional cyclist as well as to live together with Eric here in this country and yeah, it was quite a, a big change in my life then. That, that's uh, that's fantastic and, and you talk about the stage races I mean the Absa Cape Epic is probably the biggest of them all uh, it, it's in March next year. And, and I'm just looking at some of the stats for the 2014 race. I mean, 40% of, of the ladies that are racing in next year's race are, are internationals. What is the appeal about the Absa Cape Epic from an international perspective? I mean, the Absa Cape Epic is definitely the most prestigious uh, mountain bike uh, stage race and or, or even saying 
a mountain bike event in the world. So it's it's a very big window, and I think for a professional rider, it's so important to have that coverage and yeah, I mean to to go on that platform and to show what we can is very important for us. I think also, I mean, even if you're not a professional rider, it's it's such a great event. It's so well organized and we're going through the most beautiful part of the country and it's really tough challenge. It's a, it's a real adventure and that's what I first came to do here. I actually came to do, to see the country and to do a sport that I love and it's, it's an amazing uh, experience that you will never forget. I'm looking at more of these stats and I actually, I, I can't believe it. I mean, they say women are a lot stronger when it comes to endurance events than men, and they have a sort of longer staying power. And I'm just looking, 83% of all the women that enter the Epic finish it. That's an incredible stat for a race like the Epic. Yes, I also think so. It's actually very, um, very good. Um, I think the ladies that come and do the race are definitely very well prepared. They don't come and don't want to finish. I mean... Um, I think the ladies are always a bit more realistic to to what they can do and what they achieve, and maybe a bit more um, scared of of the challenge. So they <laughs> really um, make sure that they are come and are prepared. So I think, yeah, I really hope a lot more ladies actually um, take the courage and believe in themselves and and come and do the race. Yeah, and, and I mean, Ariana, the Epic is, is probably the pinnacle of mountain bike racing on, on the planet. And, and I always say, it, I mean, yes, it is a great race, but that's not everyone's goal. And, and maybe it's just to do a, a, a short little one-day 30K ride. And what advice would you give to, to a, a lady that's listening now that's thinking about possibly getting into mountain biking? What could you tell her to sort of give her that push to get her going? Yeah, I think it's just a really, really great sport, especially if you live in this country. We've got so many opportunities to do nice, nice, beautiful races here. Um, I think, yeah, just go go and ride as much as you can. I mean, most of the women surely um, are on work or have families, so it's a bit difficult with the time. But whenever you have the opportunity, go and ride. Take a friend with that can show you maybe some technical things on the bike and help you a bit to to advise you and yeah just don't yeah start believing in yourself and i think that's a bit the problem sometimes with the women that they are too uncertain or yeah not really that confident so yeah just believe in yourself and try go and do it and you will see you will get very far i mean i started very small, I couldn't ride technical, but I just tried and exercised and trained a lot to, to get where I am. And, and, and you now make a living out of it and you found love out of it too, which is, which is great. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's such an amazing sport, being out in nature, having a bit of a technical challenge. Um, and, and the endurance aspect that suits me quite well. Um, I really, really like the sport. I would never go back to, to swimming after seeing what I can do on a bike. Um, yeah, um, and seeing how I could improve over the last years, I mean, definitely also keeps me in that sport. Ariane, just uh, looking ahead to next year, I know it's still pretty early, and, and as, a, as a professional, you, you, you haven't sort of, the, the teams haven't been decided yet who's riding with who, but looking at the ladies' field, uh, you've probably seen the entry list. Uh, who, who do you reckon is going to be the big names to look out for in the ladies' race in 2014? 
Yes, I know that Esther Seuss and Sally Beckham are going to ride together. They were second and third in this year's marathon world champ in Austria. Uh, definitely a very, very strong um, ladies team. And also with both of them having done quite a lot of Cape Epics before, um, yeah, they've got a lot of experience in the race. So I'm sure that's going to be the favorite team. Um, but... Yeah, I will try my best, really give it my all in the uh, coming weeks to prepare myself and yeah, hopefully challenge them as good as I can. Talk, talk about the preparation. I mean, just talk me through an average day for, for, for you with regards to what you need to put in to perform your best at the Epic in 2014. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to start my base training now in December. Um, that means uh, quite a bit of hours in the saddle, just riding as much as I can. Uh, it's going to be around about 20 to 25 hours a week um, and also doing some gym work. I'm trying to improve my strength, uh, general body, but also um, trying to balance out my weaknesses in the core especially. So yeah, uh, the base training is starting now and putting a lot of hours on the bike. All right, fantastic. All right, Clannam, thank you so much for, for chatting to us today. I want to wish you all the best in the preparation for the Absa Cape Epic 2014. And uh, may you go from strength to strength. Thank you very much. Yeah, have a nice day. It's awesome to have our resident physiotherapist on the show once again, Richard Fair. Welcome back onto Mountain Mike Talk SA. Lucky to catch up once again. Brad, nice to be chatting to you again. Rich, I wanted to, to, to touch base with you this week, uh, getting quite a few emails in from, from guys and girls talking about numbness. Uh, they spend a bit of time on the bike and they, they're getting various, it's not just in the same area, either it's hands and feet and a groin area, neck, the works. So, so let's touch a little bit on numbness. I mean, first of all, what, what is the cause of a particular part of your body going numb when you're on the mountain bike? It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question, that, Brad. The, um, let's start from the, from the head and move our way down to the toes. Um, because of your position spent on a bicycle, you don't have a lot of relief in certain areas. Your neck is generally flexed forward with occasional extension looking up to see where you're going. Your lower back is nearly always being forward because of the virtue of the feet in line with the handlebars, so you have to bend over to maintain contact with the bike. Then the hands generally always have to be in contact with, with the handlebars and the feet do as well. If you're unlucky enough to, to lose contact with the, the handlebars and, uh, and your, and your pedals at the same time, numbness in those areas is not going to be your worst problem. I think you'll, you'll have other problems. <laughs> but, um, start, starting from, from the neck, let's, let's look at the neck. The, um, it, because of the neck position being, being forward, uh, in a flexed position and then, you have hyperextension added to that cycling posture. You run the risk of creating some form of stenosis or narrowing of the nerves of the neck, which will then transmit um, a decreased signal of sensation and strength down the arms relating to weakness or numbness in the arms. So the, the neck can be in danger there. Then, then furthermore, the hands that are in contact with the bicycle, we we are often gripping the the handlebars in a uh, a constant manner, 
And if your bike isn't set up that it has two styles of handlebars, one on the lateral side and the the um, classic horizontal handlebar, then by not letting go of the handlebars occasionally, you can get median nerve impingement in your hands, and and that follows through into something called a carpal tunnel syndrome. If uh, if not uh, not treated or given much relief in the future. The other area of numbness, which is never particular, particularly nice to talk about, is um, something that cyclists often call numb nuts. And that's um, an area of flesh between the genitals and the anus. And when um, the bike isn't set up correctly, or alternatively, if you're using the wrong seat, you can put too much pressure on the perineal nerve and your whole genital area um, can go completely numb for for several days and uh, if it's not relieved it does it does contribute to to further problems in that area in um in relation to that there's um there's the lower back or the, or the lumbar region of the spine because of the flexion component of of the bicycle where you're sitting down and bending forward onto your handlebars you do put lumbar discs on a um, on a stretch into a flexed position, which again can cause compression of nerves in the in the lumbar spine. This, in turn, can lead to something which um, a lot of practitioners refer to as sciatica, which is really referred pain going down the legs from the lower back because of that cycling position. And then the last common form of numbness, which um, uh, cyclists often experience is um, if they get a tarsal tunnel type syndrome or um, increased pressure on the soles of their feet due to um, sh- uh, shoes that are too tight fitting or um, a cyclist not being accustomed to the length of time spent on uh, his or her mountain bike. That will also um, follow through with, with a numb foot or portion of the foot being completely numb until that pressure on that nerve is released. Richard, one of the things I'm picking up here is is a lot of it has got to do with, with gear, that if you are correctly set up or if you're using the correct gear, uh, you shouldn't really be, be battling too much with numbness. You, you're quite right. Gear um, on its own will uh, will have a major contribution to the numbness. I think if you're with your handlebars, firstly, if your handlebars are set up at the stem at the right height for your frame, then it puts your neck under less stress, um, so it won't compromise the nerves coming from your neck. If your handlebars have a variety of a, of a vertical and a horizontal um, action handlebar on your mountain bike, you can change your grip fairly often, um, giving your, your hands a rest. Furthermore, the um, the gloves that you that you purchase, if you've got decent padding in your gloves, as well as if there's padding on the bike, on the bike handlebars. Furthermore, if you've got a decent front shock absorber that isn't worn away, or if you if you if you've even got a front shock absorber, all of those things will prevent um, the pressure increasing in your wrist, um, and hence giving you a neurological um, symptom in your in your upper limb. Then back to the groin, which we discussed. Um, people often think that it's a seat, it's a seat type um, in terms of the uh, that uh, a sleek um, seat will be a, 
a more aerodynamic seat. It's often that people with wider hips require a slightly wider seat. And even by a few millimeters of extra width, that will assist you from taking pressure off the nerves in your perineum. And then the slant of your seat is very important that if your seat is too far slanted forward, you end up sitting on your perineum and not on your, on your, um, pelvis or on your, on your, um, bones of your pelvis where you should be sitting. And then again, the pressure is built up on your, on your perineum. So the seat width and the angle of your seat set up and um, that it's slanted at the right, at the right angle, that, that will help uh, alleviate certain pressures and that your seat post is not too low or too high and um, that you can only tell if if you if you if you go to a bike shop and get it set up um, correctly for you um, and then having the right shoes will and uh, the right size shoes that there's enough space for your toes to move around and it doesn't feel too tight when you lace them up that your foot can move around slightly and there's not too much pressure inside of the tube forcing um, the the nerve to be compromised again. So be careful when you buy when you buy your equipment, it's expensive equipment and, and make sure that, that the shop that you're dealing with sells you equipment that's comfortable and and and, and the salesman should be an expert in advising you um, in the correct line of, of equipment that you buy. Richard, it, it, it's interesting. You, you mentioned earlier as well that the, the numbness should go away. It depends on how bad it is sometimes, maybe after a day or two. Otherwise, you end up looking at, at sort of longer-term problems. How do you know it's, it's a numbness that's caused maybe from an incorrect setup or it, it could be something more serious like a, like a pinched nerve or, or something like that that's, that's causing that numbness? It's... Uh you, you could be opening up a can of worms there, Brad, but I think people should know. I think firstly, you should know what a normal sensation feels like on, on, a, on, on your body. And if, if you start feeling heightened levels of pain or just heightened levels of anything, or alternatively, if you feel nothing in that area, um, then, then you've got some neurological impairment. It often happens to scientists that they will feel uh, numb hands or a numb groin or a numb foot. My advice is if that persists for longer than a day, seek attention from someone who who knows how serious um, the diagnosis could be. And it's difficult to ascertain which practitioner would be best for that because some people with, with not enough cycling experience may not give you that advice. So therein is the can of worms. So be careful for the advice that you do seek. Um, but I, I would say just to be sure, if, this, if the numbness persists for more than a day and, and two days, if it continues to be the same, uh, perhaps go and seek some advice to see if, if this is uh, going to get better or if you should... Um, change your setup or your bike or get better equipment or have uh, further um, treatment done on, on your health. It's probably also a case of just being a lot more honest with yourself because, I mean, you, you know your body really well. You've, you've been in it your whole life. So uh, you know if something is, is a lot more major than what you may be telling yourself it is. I, I don't know if, 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 if you'd agree. I would agree. I think, I think that that should be the case uh, with speaking with uh, this, this numbs uh, sensation specifically. Um, however, 
you know, if if you are being, yeah, geez, Brad, this is a, it's, it's, Am I putting it's, you on the you, spot? You, you're putting me on the spot. So I'm going to try and find an eloquent way of saying there is a way of dealing with these things conservatively, and then sometimes you should seek advice. For example, last year I rode the Argus on a bicycle which seat was too narrow, and I couldn't feel my perineum or anything around it for a whole week. And um, so I fall into the territory of those two days I should have seen someone about it. What I did do is not ride for that week, and I changed the seat on my bicycle a week later, and things returned back to normal. So um, so it's quite an interesting thing that you said, be honest with yourself. So in so I was honest with myself, even though I'm an experienced medical practitioner um, um, in physiotherapy. And, and I, I would advise that all patients are the same. You know, you, you, you go out there on the mountain bike to ride for health reasons and sometimes a bit of competition added in. But don't ever stop listening to your body. If your body says, hang on, something's wrong and numbness is certainly a, a, a clinical sign for, for nerve pathology, please listen to your body or speak to someone who can advise you. Yeah, and Richard, I think it's also important to 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 note. I mean, these these sort of medical slots that I do on this on on this podcast on Mountain Bike Talk is so is not medical advice. If I mean, everybody's everybody's situation is different. This is just a broad guide. Uh, and if you if you are thinking that something might be wrong, don't take this as the gospel. Go get it checked out. Yeah, that's um, that, that's quite true. Uh, what I, what I'm just going to quickly add in is, is that. Uh, the majority of these uh, injuries that we've mentioned fall under the uh, the hands being numb. The, the other the other areas are seldom affected and often just not riding for a few hours or for a day or two, you can relieve that that numbness. But but I think people listening to this podcast should pay very particular attention to um, to the to, uh, to the fact that if this persists for weeks on end. You must do something about it because if you keep putting pressure on certain nerves, um, nerves being very sensitive parts of the body, they will stop working after a while and you will develop not just numbness, but you'll develop weakness and then lack of function. And that lack of function sexually, um, as well as, as well as your, um, mobility and strength in cycling. So pay attention to these symptoms. If your equipment um, your gloves, your handlebars, your shocks, your padded shorts, and your and your bike is set up properly. Um, and if if that's all okay and has been okay for the last couple of weeks, and you continue with these symptoms, seek treatment um, and don't don't ignore these symptoms. Yeah, uh, and then Rich, is it like I mean, I think we've we've pretty much covered quite quite a bit. Is there anything that we we may have missed? Um, the the. There's always a red herring in most medical diagnoses. So occasionally people may have other pathology um, in their spine, in their wrist, and they may have pre-existing carpal tunnel syndrome. They might be on estrogen treatment. They may have a prolapsed disc. They may even have a neck fracture. Um, these things that lie dormant in the background that someone might not be aware of might cause numbness in that person's um body and they may be um mistaken in thinking that it is that it is a normal cycling attribute. For example, I 
um, recently chatted to a friend of mine who she's an exceptionally good uh, mountain biker and, and recently came off a mountain bike. Um, concurrently, she developed a blood clot in her leg and her foot started going numb. So had she not been, been very aware of what was going on and, and, and written it off to a minor injury, she may have suffered a pulmonary embolism or worse. She did, however, go to the hospital and have it checked out, and they did give her a scan, and it was a blood clot causing numbness. So that would be one of the red herrings out there. And then, as I say, there are numerous red herrings, but numbness being the the principal factor. So if you if you if it goes away, then that's great. You don't have to do much about it. But if it's not going away, please um, treat it with with extreme caution. Without a doubt. Richard, as always, an absolute pleasure to chat to you. If, if people want to get in touch with you via your practice, what's the easiest way to do that? Brad, I think the best is to, is to phone our Randberg practice. Uh, we have a few practices in Joburg, but um, if you can phone Randberg on 011-791-3454. Thanks, Brad. Sorted. Richard, as always, uh, awesome chatting, and, and we'll definitely catch up again soon. Another episode of Mountain Bike Talk SA done and dusted. Uh, yeah, thanks to both our guests, Ariane Kleinans uh, and Richard Fairhair. Fantastic chat with Richard. Very, very interesting. If you have any other medical questions you want to know about mountain biking, please let us know. Pop me an email, podcast at mtbtalksa.co.za. It doesn't have to be physio-related. can be any medical question or training question for that matter, and I'll get one of our experts uh, to answer it for you here on the show. You can tweet us at mtbtalksa. You can also like us on Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash mtbtalksa. It's as simple as that. Uh, and as always, I really appreciate all your feedback, so keep it coming. I love, absolutely love hearing from you. So until next week, uh, if I could just bug you once again to leave a review once you're done listening to this on iTunes, just give us a star rating and a review. It is much appreciated and literally only takes a couple of seconds of your time. Thank you so much. For myself, Brad Brown, we'll chat again next week. Cheers. <laughs>